At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke. Presented by Bet Rivers. All righty, welcome to another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host. Happy Thursday to all of you fine people out there. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're ready for some college football because we've got a handful of games to look over for tonight. Then, of course, we've got plenty tomorrow, which we'll save for tomorrow. And then the big shebang for the whole weekend. A little bit of afternoon baseball today with the White Sox taking on the Royals. And no Cubs game, but uh, we'll still talk a little bit about baseball in terms of the futures market. We'll look at the Bears, Sports Illustrated saying that they're going to finish with the worst record in the National Football League. I'm not so sure I agree with that. I'll tell you why. And we'll also go over some of the latest acquisitions by the Chicago Bears in this episode of the Chicago CityCast. But hey, before we get into all of that, big and exciting news to share with all of you. I'm going to be starting up a new podcast at VEASAN for this football season. It's called VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. We'll have three episodes a week. One on Monday, I'll be joined by former Super Contest champion Brady Cannon to preview everything Monday Night Football naturally. And same goes for Thursday night, except I'll be joined by Matt Humans. You know Matt Humans, always on VEASAN, around pretty much every show. Huge contributor to Point Spread Weekly, one of the most respected handicappers in the business. He's a Midwest guy himself, so uh, he covered the Bulls in the 90s, went to Purdue. Look, he's got the Midwest ties. What else you need to hear from our guy, Matt Humans? We love him. We're excited to hear his thoughts for Thursday Night Football. And then to go over the huge slate of games for every Sunday, start to finish, 
Mike Palm and I will be taking you through all of that. Our best bets, we'll look at props, we'll look at line moves, where the money's going, we'll look in the futures market. You know the drill, folks, kind of like we do on a lot of other shows that I'm involved in or have been involved in. We're going to be looking at every intricate angle that could be best suited for you to make a profit this football season. So three episodes a week, insanely pumped for this, talking all things NFL, covering every single game with a great group of guys who are some of the sharpest minds in the business. So make sure you subscribe. Once again, it's VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. You can get the link on VEASAN's Twitter, on the VEASAN website, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts available to you. And of course, I always tweet it out at Danny Burke 5 where you can follow on Twitter. But make sure you subscribe sooner rather than later because we're going to be releasing an episode. I believe tomorrow should be our first. And Mike Palm and I are going to be going over some of our favorite futures bets for the upcoming football season. And uh, yeah, you can bet that we have plenty of them. So yeah, should be awesome. Looking forward to it. Always appreciate if you follow along all the other shows. And I'm thinking this one you'll like a lot. Strictly NFL with some of the brightest minds in the handicapping business. So that'll be awesome and uh, looking forward to it. But hey, let's look forward to what we got on the diamond today with the White Sox taking on the Kansas City Royals. But I guess first, let's do a quick recap, just a really quick recap, because we didn't do a show yesterday, but Tuesday we did hit with our first five under for the Cubbies and the Blue Jays. So that stayed under. I think it was only two runs total. We had under four and a half. We get the dub. Our record goes in Major League Baseball now to 63-53-2. But both the Sox and Cubs did lose on Tuesday. Big shocker, right? The White Sox lost to the Royals. Giolito stinking it up once again. We told you, don't trust this White Sox team, especially with Giolito on the bump. Well, last night at least Chicago was victorious. The Cubbies beat the Blue Jays 7-5. And then the Sox beat the Royals 4-2. That spot I did like for the White Sox. I just threw a little bit. I know it was expensive price on the money line, but I threw some on the White Sox just to kind of get involved with some baseball action. And I mean, look, it, it was Lance Lynn who had been pitching very well as of late, and Bubich who finally is pitching like the guy I have been fading him, expecting him to pitch like. So the Sox do win 4-2. to two. They're still five games back. Uh, the Twins are a game and a half back, and the Guardians obviously at the top. The Guardians minus 177 to win the AL Central. Twins are 2-1. And the Sox are now 8-1 at Bet Rivers. My, oh my. Ugh, I mean, look, the value's, I guess, there. But five games, you think this team can figure it out? I don't know. It's got to start today. They got to get a little winning streak going. They opened up as a minus 238 favorite at home against the Royals for this afternoon game. Kansas City opened plus 205. Hotter day here in Chicago. Wind's going to be blown out at guaranteed rate field to left center field. uh, About 10 miles per hour, so maybe impactful enough. Total opened at 9, and we really haven't seen the movement that much on the total. Let me double check. Yeah, 9 is still where it remains at Bet Rivers. The juice is on the under minus 112. Money line for the White Sox, so people are liking the Royals in this spot because at Bet Rivers, again, Chicago opened minus 238, which is incredibly aggressive, uh, aggressive to begin with, and now the White Sox are minus $2 flat. The Royals go from plus 205 to plus 175. Run line for the White Sox, plus 102 if you think they can win by two or more. The Royals, plus one and a half, minus a buck 20. Again, I, I mean... 
it doesn't really matter who's pitching at this point. Of course it does. But what I'm saying is like with this White Sox team, even if they somehow got Verlander on their team, I guess you could compare it to Dylan Cease. You don't need to compare it to Verlander. Even if it was Cease on the pump, uh, I still wouldn't want to be laying over $2 or near $2. Like yesterday, I think I laid like minus 190 with a little bet that I had. And, you know, that feels dirty overall, especially when it's the White Sox considering what they've done this whole season and as of late. But it felt like a get-right spot for him yesterday, and it happened to come through. I just don't know if you can bank on that happening again today. Should they win? Of course they should win. They should be winning every game against the damn Kansas City Royals. But it's just not the case. They do have Johnny Cueto, Mr. Reliable, for the most part, taking the bump. He's a righty. He was 6-6 six and six this year with a 298 ERA. Cueto's whip at this point is... 117, which of course is very good, but then you look at his FIP, which is four flat, and his Sierra Skill Interactive VRA is at 452. So the numbers in terms of the underlying statistics are not shaping out to be that good for Cueto. They were a little bit better earlier, but they never were leading you into a hopeful destination, yet he's been proving it wrong. He's been sustaining success well enough, I guess you could say. Uh, the concerning part also with Cueto is his numbers at guaranteed rate field. So on the road, Cueto has a 1.81 ERA. And on the road, his FIP is 319. Well, folks, at home, the numbers are uh, a little different. It's it's night and day here. Because at home, Cueto's got an ERA of 4.08. Ugh. And then his FIP is 4.75. My goodness. He has faced the Royals twice this season. He went six innings in both outings, and both of those outings were at Kansas City. The first one of the season, actually, for Cueto with his Sox debut, went six innings at Kansas City, allowed two hits, no earned runs, racked up seven Ks, and the Sox won 5-3 to three in 10 innings. Then the last time he faced Kansas City, again, also at Kansas City, went six innings, allowed nine hits in that bout, Two earned runs, four strikeouts, and the Royals won that matchup 8-3. to three. So, I don't know, man. I mean, at this point, it's... Look, it's only two earned runs, sure, but he still gave up nine hits, which isn't attractive in terms of wanting to back him, and neither are his underlying metrics, and especially his home splits. It's a peculiar spot because he got Daniel Mengden, I think that's how you say his name, new pitcher, righty for the Royals, who's really just been coming in in relief, 0-0, zero zero, 2.08 ERA, 115 whip, 0.35 FIP, and a 175 Sierra. Hold your horses, though. Hold your horses. He's only pitched four games this season. The longest he's gone is two innings pitched. That was his last game against Oakland. And he only allowed one earned run. And he's only allowed one earned run throughout the four games he has been involved with. So it's an unknown here with Mengden. Is he going to go deep? Is it... You know, just to get the bullpen going, the bullpen type of pitching effort out of Kansas City. It just has a feeling of that weird afternoon game where you kind of try to tuck it away so if any weirdness happens, no one really notices. I just think this one screams stay away or the juice being on the 9 to the under. If you get 8.5, maybe I would flirt with the over. Hotter day, wind blowing out. Cueto's numbers are showing signs of regression. Kansas City's faced him twice. Maybe they can get to him a little bit. And then for the Sox, well, since the All-Star break, you have been hitting a lot better at home against righties, and you got an unknown commodity in Mengden here, and we don't know how long he's going to go. And then perhaps you can attack this Kansas City bullpen that has bottom three ERA in Major League Baseball.
So yeah, again, the Sox should win this game on paper, but we could say that with probably 70% of the games that they ended up losing. More than that. But hey, I mean, the White Sox being a big favorite, it's just not attractive. Minus $2, hell no. Only plus 102 on the run line? You think I want to trust this White Sox bullpen? I mean, they've been better and they can go decent in spurts, but I I just don't want to have to trust that. So ultimately, folks, yeah, I'm going to be staying away from this game. If you get an eight and a half or if you're just feeling frisky and you think, hey, there'll be plenty of runs, then yeah, I'd look to this total going over. I'm not going to bet it personally, but if you're dying to get some action in this game, that would be my route to take for the Royals and the White Sox. So that's the only Chicago baseball action we've got today. I'm going to go through the slate of games a little bit later. So um, yeah, now with this new schedule and everything, if I do end up adding any other bets, make sure you check out the VEASAN Best Bets log page. I'll make sure to tack it in on there. And you don't only get my bets, you get all the show hosts and guests and what they're playing. And it's organized very neatly and we're kind of getting a new system going. So it'll be easier to keep track of everything and see what bets you want to jump in on from what show, what date, what guest, you know, all those good things. We've got you covered. Check it out, VEASAN.com. But yeah, that's all we got right now for baseball. Again, going to be checking out the slate a little bit later outside of the White Sox game. But I wanted to get this episode out as soon as possible so we could get a brief discussion about the Royals and the White Sox. And then just going back to the AL Central, folks, again, the Sox aren't going to do it. I mean, you could make it 12 to 1 right now, and from a pure value standpoint, sure, like throwing 10 bucks on it, whatever you want, chump change, okay, fine, in case a miracle does occur. But the value at this point has to be with the Twins, right? 2 to 1, only a game and a half back, still plenty of action to go. That would have to be the move to make, you would think, if you're looking to bet anything for the AL Central. Can you actually trust the Twins to do it? Look, I've been wrong on the Twins. Obviously, I was wrong on the Sox. I mean, we bet the Sox back in May. I thought the Twins would falter. And look, they probably, I mean, I don't know. who. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I don't know. I thought the Twins and Guardians would falter. That was my MO throughout this entire season. But it's more so not that they've been dominant, although they have gone in spurts. But it's more so been that the Sox are just refusing to win. Right? And that maybe sounds arrogant as we covered this team very closely. But it's the honest truth. Let's be honest. The Sox have really killed themselves. They are, they should be, the most talented team out of these three squads. They should. They're just not performing like it. And that's a sad state of the Chicago White Sox. But you've known this for a while. No need to go into a soliloquy about it. You know the deal. You know how poor they've been. And the sooner that you can kind of rip that Band-Aid off and realize that it ain't happening, probably the better. And hey, maybe you have ripped that Band-Aid off months ago. But at this point, 8-1, to one, five games back, yeah, that realization is uh, officially coming to fruition. But who knows? A streak could happen. It's got to continue today, though. Let's see what Cueto's got dealing. All right, folks, quick break. Coming back, let's talk some college football Thursday night, Penn State and Purdue, New Mexico State at Minnesota. Folks, we are looking forward to it. And then we'll recap once again that bet that we had with that Illinois and Indiana football game. That's the one that we talked about on Tuesday and that I do have a plan. So I'm looking forward to that. 
Uh, that one, of course, is going to be on Friday, though, but we'll still tease it just a little bit because we have seen some big line movement. So stick around, college football, and then a little bit of Bears discussion coming next right here on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Kick off football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. All season long, Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all football related content. So check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. Every week, Bet Rivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams and back your favorite players with Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Some Big Ten action on a Thursday night throughout college football. Little weird to say. Doesn't mean it's weird to handicap it. So let's get into it, folks. A good one out there in West Lafayette. The Boilermakers opened up, at Bet Rivers at least, as a two and a half point dog. Some spots opened it up at about four, however. Well, if you mosey on over to Bet Rivers, now the current number is three and a half. So again, it's a little odd depending on where you looked at the opener, how this market has moved. But it seems like for the most part, I guess the sharper money, I, I, I kind of don't really know. This is one of those odd games, but it feels like Penn State's getting a little bit more love. And if you're looking at it from the Bet Rivers opener, then yes, that would be the correct case. But a lot of spots did open at four, but then some that are pretty respectable did seem to have some movement go to Penn State I don't you know it's it's a little tough this one's a tad bit hard to gauge and I think that's going to be kind of the case with a lot of these week one openers because it just really varied where these books opened it and how much time it's had to marinate right so and that's not going to be the case with every week we'll get a way clearer picture by next week it's just week one's always a little bit wonky same with week zero it's 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 a little bit more complicated but it seems like Maybe a little bit sharper edge on Penn State. Just maybe. I told you, I think this game is gross. I said whatever side I was going to bet on, I feel like the complete opposite is going to happen and then some. But that was my original sentiment. The more I've thought about it, considered, reached out, just looked at this game. I Originally, I liked taking the points with Purdue. But now, I don't know. I would maybe look for a cheap money line price on the Nittany Lions. And I'm not saying that I've done that, but if somehow this market did come down and it was like minus 160, minus 155 somewhere, I would entertain Penn State just to have some action on this game. I wouldn't play it like an official play, but I would play it more from the entertaining aspect of, hey, we've got Big Ten college football tonight. Let me get a little bit of cheese on this game. Penn State is the more talented team on paper. And they should be stronger in both respective trenches. But can Sean Clifford, like we said, can Sean Clifford compete in a possible shootout with Aiden O'Connell? Because that's what you're going to get out of Jeff Brom in this offense. We know that. Can Aiden O'Connell strike enough and strike often enough to overcome this Penn State team, though? Because I don't know if Penn State's going to be that great. And this is a really tough week one spot. But man, I don't know. This just screams ugly all throughout. 54.5 is where the total opened, by the way. It's dipped to 53 in the hook, which, I, you know, I honestly would look toward the over in this game, if anything. 
But I don't know. Seems like the sharper side could be the under. Yeah, I just... I think Penn State's defense will at least do enough to put them in the position to get the ugly win. That may be the difference here. Purdue's defense... I mean, look, Sean Clifford may not be that good, but he can do well enough against his Boilermakers defense to keep it within reach. Like, Purdue probably gets out to a hot start here. That would be my guess. And then Penn State's playing catch-up, and everyone's like, oh, look at Purdue. You know, they're looking great. And then Penn State's going to kind of churn their way to an ugly win at the end of the game. I don't know if they'll cover the three in the hook. That's why I would look toward the money line if I'm betting Penn State. And in general, a lot of times, if it's a shorter spread, I'm willing to lay more on the money line for that security. And I realize in football, you don't get that many bad beats compared. I mean, you get bad beats, but you don't get as many narrow bad beats like you do in basketball, which I totally avoid the spread. But um, yeah, in college football, you're you're a little bit more prone to getting screwed than NFL. So can't trust these college kickers, man. You know that. Can't trust kickers in general, but especially in college. But yeah, that's where I'm leaning. Penn State money line, if I had to do it. Best route, though, might be waiting in-game, right? See how these teams look. Do yourself a favor. Yeah, just just wait for an in-game bet and see how it's shaping out to be. If Sean Clifford's looking precise and he's got the offense moving, but it's a close enough game to where you can get a relatively appropriate price on Penn State, then look to bet the Nittany Lions. If Purdue's defense is actually stepping up and Aiden O'Connell is throwing some stripes out there, yeah, I guess you look toward Purdue. But hey, at that point for Purdue, the value's probably gone. So if I'm in-gaming it, it's probably only going to be to the side of Penn State. But let me know if you got anything rocking in that game. At DannyBurke5 on Twitter, dburke at vsin.com is the email you can hit me up at. The other game we've got tonight, New Mexico State and Minnesota in terms of Big Ten teams. We've got more games than that, but involving a Big Ten team, we've got the Golden Gophers opening up as a 37.5 point favorite. Now it's come down to 36.5. New Mexico State is 16-1 to if you think they can win this game. Uh, minus 10,000 for Flex Squad. Totals at 53. It opened 57. Big drop to the under. Look, plain and simple, I'm not going to get involved in this game. There's nothing I like enough here with that big of a spread in week one. I I just think it's kind of gross, and you're going to be sweating out a 36.5-point spread at the very end of this game. No, thank you. Not worth it. That big of a spread, I'd rather take it than lay it. That's just me. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and maybe in something like that, if you do have a lot of confidence in the favorite, but you don't want to lay the spread, uh, consider the total going over or the team total going over for the Gophers or something first half. That's kind of an alternative way to bet it instead of laying that outrageous spread. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be that big. It's more so I just never want to get involved with a game that has that fat of a spread. That's just me, though, to each their own. All right, we still got um, plenty more college we'll talk about tomorrow for Friday's games and, of course, for Saturday. But really quick, for Friday's games, we talked about this on Tuesday. The one play I have made officially for that Illinois and Indiana game, we've seen some movement now. So when we were talking about this on Tuesday, I took the three points with the fighting Illini. Yeah, I'd entertain the money line, I said, but I, if I'm betting the dog, week one, ugly game, I'll take the three points at the key number of three. Well, now it's moved down to two. 
So the money just keeps coming in on the fighting Illini, and rightfully so. I mean, I was kind of shocked it opened three and a half. I figured it would be more so at the spot it's at right now with Indiana as about a two-point favorite. If you're kind of, you know, beating yourself up because you didn't get involved, at this point, if you still want to bet Illinois, I would just shop for the best money line price instead of taking the two. Now, I know bad beats happen. We were just discussing that, but the two to me at this point for the underdog is pretty insignificant. I would just take the value on the money line at plus 104. No way that comes back to haunt me, right? So I'm just saying, if you haven't gotten involved, I would look at the money line for Illinois. Because I do think they win this game outright, but just for that security, and because it was at three, I took the three points. Totals at 45 and a half. Shaded to the over, minus 112. Uh, I don't know. I mean, look, it could be an absolutely disgusting game, but at the same time, it could be disgusting enough to where the defenses just get exposed. I just think Illinois' defense will do enough. Yeah, I really wouldn't focus on the total here. Um, I would just look at Illinois in some capacity. Again, seldom am I going to say that this year, but this is going to be one of those spots. Friday night, all in on the fighting Illini, folks. All right, speaking of Illinois football, how about them Bears signing first-round pick out of Alabama last year, drafted number 17th by the Raiders, offensive lineman Alex Leatherwood. Kind of uh, interesting, I guess you could say. Because you're looking at that going, hell yeah, what a steal for the Bears. But simultaneously, you're like, well, there's a reason that the Raiders just released their last year's first round pick. Not panning out too well with the new coaching staff, huh? So he's guaranteed about $14.39 million, But the Raiders, if I'm not mistaken, are paying like over 50% of that, like 58% of it or something like that. Look, it's the Bears having insane amount of cap space right it's really like a you might as well situation your offensive line clearly is lacking depth and dominance why not take a flyer on a guy who didn't work out with one team but was still touted as being a first round talent it's only been a year why not give him a chance at a relatively cheaper price it's the same kind of thought process within keel harry a little bit different but Similar thought process, right? These teams are just going to abandon some of these first-round picks. Doesn't mean they can't thrive in a new setting in a young team where a lot of spots are open to take advantage and be the top dog. And that's what Ryan Poles is looking for. And next year, do you want to see that? No, not necessarily. You want to see them go get the big-name guys with the amount of money you have. That's understood. But for this year, what do you have to lose? It's like almost tryouts. But you're getting these guys who still can pan out at a way more affordable price. So it gets excited a little bit, and if it doesn't work out, big whoop. The expectations are incredibly low this year. So I like the signing. You can't have enough (laughs) potentials for this offensive line that could, again, unfortunately be Swiss cheese. So let's see what could happen with Leatherwood. I'm excited to see it. Um, Speaking of, you know, maybe no expectations this year, Sports Illustrated clearly has none for the Chicago Bears. They predict that the Bears will finish last in the NFC North with a record of 3-13. and Yikes. Um, is it going to be a shock if they finish last in the NFC North? No. But with a record of 3-14, and I didn't read the rest of it, but I would assume that would put them last in just the NFL in general. Damn near. And a lot of people are imagining that the Bears 
could and will end up with the worst record in the National Football League. I'm really trying to be unbiased in this because I talk about it so often. But I just don't really see a scenario where the Bears have the worst record in the NFL. And it's not solely because of the Bears. It's solely, well, not solely. It's it's not solely because of the Bears. It's also because you got a team like the Seahawks who clearly don't know what the hell they're doing at their quarterback position. Pete Carroll's a dinosaur at this point. Their offense is just awful. They don't really have anything clear-cut for what their plan is. There's a reason why Russell Wilson had tension and wanted to get the hell out of Dodge. The Seahawks have a chance of being the worst team. We bet their season win total under. Uh, The Texans. A lot of people are actually higher on the Texans than I am, but I bet their season win total under. Will they be competitive? Sure. Will they get Ws? No. Same with the Falcons. Marcus Mariota. Ritter, I believe, is your backup. I just They have no one to throw it to besides Pitts. Cordero Patterson, can he replicate what he did last year every single game? Probably not. The Seahawks should be worse than the Bears. The Falcons should be worse than the Bears. The Texans on paper should be worse than the Bears. The Bears are not going to get a lot of wins. That is understood by all Chicago Bears fans. But like I've been saying and like I will continue to reiterate until I'm proven wrong, which will probably happen, This team will be competitive. They will give you a reason to wake up on Sundays and look forward to potentially their official franchise quarterback. You will say, man, this Bears team, they're not going to win today. But you know what? They'll make it close. They'll make it exciting. And they'll make me proud to be a Bears fan and know that they're on the right path with an exciting quarterback with a ton of cap space for next year. That's going to be the difference from this year to last year. Last year, like, man, just just give Fields time to throw. Let's just see if they can complete a pass and cheer every time they do. This year, it'll be, it'll be like, it'll be a customary, right? Them, them getting a decent offense. That will be the norm this season, at least more so than last year. It can't be worse than last year nervously saying that uh yes (laughs) by the way week one the line finally moved up to seven for the 49ers and the bears i said i would wait for it to get to seven and then i would attack it but let's let's see if we can't get it to seven and a half i i don't think you're gonna have to worry about this thing moving down to six and a half until we get closer to game day but just throwing that out there now it, it got there it finally got there I'm going to be looking to bet the Bears in week one. What? Really? Trey Lance? Seven-point favorite week one on the road? I know the Bears aren't going to be that great, folks. But come on, anything could happen in week one. Justin Fields doesn't want to get shown up by Trey Lance. Yes, he got the proven better coach in Shanahan and more talent. I get it. But seven is a lot. I don't think the Bears win this game. But I think they could for sure cover. I'm just saying. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up for another edition of the Chicago City Cast, as always, presented by Bet Rivers. Appreciate you being with me on this Thursday. Like I was saying, if I have any more additional plays, it'll be on VEASAN's Best Bets log page, so make sure you check that out. 
Make sure you subscribe to the new podcast I'm hosting, VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast, three episodes a week, myself along with Brady Cannon, former Super Contest champion at the Westgate Superbook, Matt Humans, and Mike Palm. They will be part of the crew, and we'll have you covered for every single game this football season. Should be an absolute blast. Can't wait. And make sure you follow on Twitter, at DannyBurke5. Take care, folks. Best of luck with whatever you're betting. We'll catch up again tomorrow for another edition of the Chicago CityCast.